death awaits. Get away from me, you freak! Then let's forget what we should have done earlier and continue with what we should do now. How's Ben? Uh, you know, it's Ben. Uh, Ben busy as usual. I fucked up my back somehow. So, like, this morning, uh, I was walking the dog, and I'm, like, hunched over like, a, like I've been in, I don't know, like I'm, like I'm 40 years older than I am, and walking and looking like absolute shit because I haven't, like, I showered late last night, and my hair got all fucked up. And so I look like an insane person just like slouched over on his side walking his dog that looks like a pit bull who's like weaving in front of him and trying to fucking trip me because that's a thing she started doing recently. But she's a good grape. She just wants to see me struggle, which, you know, it's nothing new. How about yourself? I'm sure that she doesn't actively want to see you struggle. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that dog's head. I'm not in that dog's head, but that doesn't seem like how dogs think usually. Um, I'm... You know, same old, same old. I'm not doing too bad. I actually had a pretty good week. Uh, uh, Jackie got a new job recently, so we uh, oh, nice. closed shop and stuff for that. So, you know. Was she, uh, she was working. She was working a, at the hearing aid place, Belltone. That's right. Um, that's right. And, As yeah. kind of a call and technical support worker. She was just a general, like, uh, sec- I mean, general, like, secretarial type duties. Gotcha. I don't know, assistant type duties. Um, but now she, yeah, her, her new job, I don't know the specifics of it yet because she hasn't worked her first day yet. That'll be Monday. Hey, neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, just good times, whatever. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess we should just go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, I'm Phil. And I'm Kyle. We are the Unsociablists. And we're coming at you this week with a uh, this week with another review. Uh, we decided to watch a classic animated film that was uh, one of... The most child-appropriate things of our childhood. Yeah, definitely something that you should show all children under the age of, uh, I don't know. PG is, you should watch it by yourself if you're seven or up. Yep, So that's yep. what it's rated. My Seven-year-olds, you you got this, it's fine. That's perfect yeah. age for it. Yeah, and uh, this shit, this, um, the series from which this movie is derived, equally perfect for children. Yeah, also rated at that same level, um, and always has been. Because, you know, seven-year-olds are all about Batman the Animated Series, which was such a healthy thing for us to see when we were kids, with all of the uh, definitely not bloody fights, or definitely not, uh, you know, twisted perversions of evil from very horrible supervillains. Definitely not lots of dead people. Yeah, definitely not being traumatized as a uh, child watching this growing up. Uh, this so obviously we're talking Batman the animated series and its derivative film, uh, The Mask of the Phantasm, which uh, despite coming out one year before I was born, it uh, I did have the VHS tape of this and I watched it pretty regularly um, as a kid. You know, I was also watching a lot of the series which came through came out. I think it finished up in ninety six ninety five. It, went, yeah, it started in 92, run. so yeah, the first run. Um, I feel like it, that's about right. And then, of course, it's animated. The animated series has, of course, had many revivals since right, then. Right, right. And this is immediately, this is the Kevin Conroy voice acting uh, for uh, Batman, who, of course, is also the same guy who did the animated series and who reprised his role, but as an old-ass man in Batman Begins. Which, well, and... 
another you know, fantastic uh, show. Beyond. Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. Beyond. Pardon Batman. me, I'm thinking of the movie. Batman, Bege- Batman Begins also a good movie. Is a, it's a good movie. But it's Batman fine. Beyond you know, actually might be my favorite Batman incarnation besides the other spot you can find, Kevin Conroy, which is the Batman Arkham franchise. Mm, yeah, yep. Yeah, oh, but the Batman, I, I, great game. I love those Arkham games. All, 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 all four, all, all three. I love all four of them. He's only in three of them because in Origins, they didn't get the main voice cast. They got some backup, back, backup people to play. Did Actually, they get I mean, Hamill? Uh, Hamill, no, Hamill was only Joker in the last in uh, huh. the th- what is considered the Arkham trilogy. Arkham Origins was made by a different studio, and they oh. had Tra- Troy, uh, Troy. No, is it Troy Baker? He's one of the fans of a thousand voices who's a, who does a pretty damn good job of still making a pretty good run of Joker. Let me see here, uh, Arkham Origins voice cast, because I know it was different. Yeah, uh, Origins had okay. Around. Roger Craig Smith was Batman. Is was Batman Bruce Wayne? So that's you know still a good one. And it was Troy Baker as Joker. Yeah, nice. and he they yeah they definitely still held their own in reprising the role. So yeah, yep. no, but it is animated series the classic. Most. Probably the best voice cast. I would say so. Uh, I think that this 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 show, especially Kevin Conroy as Batman and uh, the Joker in this show, of course, is also still uh, Mark Hamill. Correct? Am I crazy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Joker. Mark Hamill's done any animated incarnation of the Joker, not except uh, with the exception of uh, Origins. Origins, and I think a few other offshoot products that were. Yeah, I'm sure there are smaller ones uh, that you know maybe one runs off of a comic series that didn't make it into his. His filmography, filmography, would that would you call it if they are a voice actor? It's still filmography Probably. if it's voice yeah, actor. Yeah. Why not? It, not your discography, although it is an audio format that you're recording. Ultimately, it is visual. I don't know. But I'll trust no, the, I'll trust you and Wikipedia if you go on IMDb, I mean, I've been on IMDb before and looked through movies that like whoever I heard that voice and it's listed as voice. Voice actors mm-hmm. are still under filmography. Mark Hamill, a guy who is like a libs lib, which, you know, whatever, kind of sucks, but he's rich and he, you know, supported Biden just like all of the other people in his class. And all of the quote unquote good. There's the two kinds of rich people. There's the good rich people who supported Biden and the evil rich people who supported the Trump and that kind of right wing mentality. And there's no actually good rich people. Right. <laughs> None of them. Uh, but Mark Hamill, of course, being not the best politically, but who cares? Like, it's politics. Yeah, what do you expect when they have money? You're going to be – rich people – here's – I mean, he made – We're butting up against the thing that I'm butting up against in every one of these watch-alongs movie reviews is that, oh, well, culture is meaningless. Okay. Uh, it's just like downstream of politics, and if politics is filled with horrible people, then – or is it the other way around? I don't know. Maybe the culture is breeding into the system – worse people but i think it's more likely that capitalism has just dominated both the culture and the political spectrum so yeah you damned uh, if you do you damned if you don't yeah and i mean with a hero like batman you're especially damned because Uh, let's be real uh he's his superpower is absurd amounts of wealth that is absurd amounts of wealth and ninja skills that is true he did train under he did train to become the the world's greatest detective yeah yeah all kinds. Of, he's had all kinds of mentor histories, but uh, yeah. Rachel Gould was the uh, the uh, reboot of movies, which were good movies. But yeah, yes, I mean, still, but yeah, some, still starring a guy whose main superpower in terms of actually having more than just be normal ninja skills is uh, a ridiculous amount of money that no one could ever spend in a million lifetimes. Right, a ridiculous amount of money which he inherited. 
Yeah. Which, uh, you know, like all, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Tony Stark has some hard Scrabble background, right? Like they'll, they'll come up with something for that, whatever. Uh, they, obviously, that's Marvel. Uh, this is DC. So working in slightly different universes, maybe where, uh, maybe where inheriting money is less bad. Who knows? I doubt it. I, I assume that it's all bad. We, we remember very early on that what. Our second episode was called Fuck Batman. So Yeah. I mean, we love Batman, but fuck Batman. Yeah, we love um, Batman. I love Batman, man. But, by yeah, far it's... Uh, coolest villain. Yeah, it, I mean, there are very... There have been a couple... For, uh, fortunately, especially in recent years, there have been a couple mediums that actually either... Uh, well, there, have, there have been... Uh, there has been a poor Batman in one of the comic franchises. I can't remember. Huh. And there have been a couple mediums where uh, one of the villain's key taunts is like, uh, you know... You're just a rich kid and you suck. Um, Anarchy was uh, he he made an appearance as a side villain in Origins as well as uh, having a really cool comic run, and his uh, whole shtick is basically fuck the system. And uh, he's like, I'm kind of on your side, Batman, but I realize with all those toys and shit like that, you've got to have money coming from somewhere, and that kind of money's evil. And you know, hmm. but also bad. I mean, Anarchy is still treated as a bad guy because he might want to occasionally kill someone. Heaven forbid, no killing allowed. Anyway, no killing allowed. That's something that uh, gets addressed kind of in this movie. Um, So Mask of the Phantasm, 1993, uh, has a pretty good cast. You know, we've spoken to Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, Dana Delaney is playing the leading lady. Uh, We've got um, essentially kind of a – it's like a – it's almost – it's almost structured like a noir like yeah, it has I mean, those flashbacks, these weird blurred um, yeah, about. into and out of the past. So you get to a a point where, uh, especially as a kid, when I'm watching this, I'm like, "So wait, wait what time is this?" Um, as an adult, a little less, less, a little less of an uh, problem, which may go to show that they might not have wanted to show this to kids, uh, even just like on a structural basis, like a story structural yeah. basis. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing is supposed to take place in like the '90s, and then flashing back to like the. Uh, uh, so the uh, the flashbacks take place right at the beginning of Bruce Wayne's time uh, becoming Batman. About so, and then uh, the main bulk of the story takes place about ten years into his run as Batman. Mm-hmm. So about a de- about the flashbacks are a little under a decade apart, but um, right? Yeah, basically they timeless, help. so it's not even necessarily the '90s. You're looking at. I love the art style in the animated series and in this uh, in this movie. Um, not because it's like particularly beautiful. I just love the uh, the kind of grime and the fact that you're still seeing cars that shouldn't should have been taken off the road in like 1949. Yeah, that's like the, you can tell the shape of them or the kind of like does that power up by crank? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's they definitely have that very very classic style aesthetic, um, and it's. Uh, and it adds to the uh, entire noir feel of the film for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, also contributing to the noir feel of the film is Batman is called the world's greatest detective, and in this movie, you do actually get to see him do some honest to goodness detectivey stuff. Yeah, absolutely. He starts off um, kind of like he has to. So let's get into the premise, kind of here. So start off with this film. You go in through what must have been like hours 
and hours and hours of 1992-93 rendering on that 3D model of Gotham as it like fades out and does the credits. And then it gets into um, what is... It, it jumps into the, the present day. He's uh, chasing down these mob guys, Chucky Soul, who's doing a shady deal with the mob. Um, and Batman shows up, beats the crap out of some dudes, and... Ch- uh, but the leader, Chucky Soul, he starts running off. He's like, I'm out of here. And he gets to his car, um, gets away from Batman. But then this mysterious force known as the Phantasm show. Oh, we're officially in spoily corner now. Just see you folks now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We, 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 we'll try don't to keep some of the, the big movie, twists. Guys. Yeah, if you haven't watched yeah. the movie by now, then uh, don't be listening to this review because we'll right. probably Go back not. to 1993. See it in theaters. <laughs> it's on HBO Max uh, if you want to watch it legally, like some kind of square, like I did. Um Anyways, yeah, Mysterious Force of the Phantasm shows up, and uh, Chucky Soul can't seem to like, hurt it no matter what it do- what he does. It's never really addressed how the suit allows for brief incorporeality, I don't know, whatever, magic, magic super tech. Yeah, no, the whole uh, vibe is like, uh, later on, the Phantasm is described as a guy who looks like the Ghost of Christmas Future, <laughs> but it, it, the the Phantasm like fades in. There's this interesting like smoky, hazy shit that will just wrap around it, and then uh, they'll either disappear or fucking Chucky Soul unloaded his gun. I thought I counted like he had like yeah, an extended it, it, it was nine, or yeah, nine, yeah, nine or ten bullets. Like, I was counting two, and I'm like, that's not a real clip. I was like, what um, is this? He should only have like seven. It's man. Batman. <laughs> they weren't really taking it to. Uh... We needed to fill out that 78 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Had a couple of seconds of bullets. But yeah, like somehow, because somehow this phantasm can become incorporeal. Never, literally, just never addressed in terms of how the actual. Like I thought they were gonna. Once you found out the big reveal, we were gonna find out something about like nanotech or something like that. Nope, they just never talked nah. about it. Nah. Yeah. Anyways, Phantasm scares the crap out of him, and then uh, makes it. He's trying to drive away. Phantasm spooks him into driving his car right out of one building and into another, and he's yep. dead. He did. And Phantasm's going for. Uh, and yeah, so it looks like the Phantasm's on a tear of trying to kill these mob bosses because you see, uh, after some uh, plot stuff about Bruce and uh, him uh, wondering who this is, and also going to a fancy party where he runs into an ex flame. Oof. Draw intrigue. Um, he gets wine thrown in his face. He's embarrassed at a mo- at a party he's throwing. That sucks. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, in the twi- the twist ending uh, that the phantasm is this lady is not at all a surprise to anyone. Well, it's not that mention. lady. It's not the wine lady. No, I mean it's the lady who they're talking about. The who's oh yeah, the, where the yeah, asshole the uh, yeah. councilman guy comes over and he's like. Who was that lady? That lady who I still talk to regularly and whose father employed me, Andrea Beaumont. Hmm. And that sleazy, uh, sleazy mob. He's basically a lawyer for the mob. I don't know if he's described as a lawyer for sure, but you know, sleazy dude. He's a lawyer, but he's like a councilman now. Like he's on the he's on the fucking. um, And because of Chucky Soul's murder. And subsequently, his one of his other mob partners showing up into the graves in a f- subsequent scene after we've talked to Arthur Reeves, met him, met the fact that Bruce is like, he hasn't gotten, like, he just does flings now. He doesn't want anybody serious. And he goes yeah, well, he's trying to broods keep up the in his moody billionaire. <laughs> he broods in the room he's... that he keeps just to look at his, like, parent, his dead parents' picture. Like, there's a whole ass room for him brooding. Yeah, I mean, when you're a billionaire, I guess you have some weird habits. But I got uh, my brooding room. I got my giggling room. 
Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, you uh, after uh, he talks about Andrea Beaumont, you get your first flashback. Um, it doesn't really tell you too much about Andrea Beaumont, but, you know, it's a little teaser, an aperitif, as it were. Oh, of course um, they meet in the cemetery. It's so romantic because they both have, like, they both talk oh, to their no, dead parents. we love our dead parents. Well, one dead parent for Andrea. And well, then, that's, uh, I mean, it's both now, I think, by this, well, by, yeah, the, by, yeah. Well, <laughs> by the present yeah, by day. Yeah, by the point where they're at the party, yes. But, the, uh, <laughs> but you know, in the scene, yeah. In the, in the flashback, it's still just the mom. Um, but, yeah, then we cut to the present again to see the phantasm. Uh, chasing these, these mob bosses, the guys are like, oh, Batman might have killed one of us. That's kind of weird, but uh, we have this job at a graveyard for some reason, which is also <laughs> vague and nondescript. Anything the mob is doing in any Batman thing, since they're not one of the quote-unquote villain villains, they're just, like, side villain, like, they're, they're nothing villains. Everything they do is just generic mob shit. Yeah, Who knows what they're just doing it's, mob shit. I think <laughs> he was there to specifically be like, ah, oh, Chucky, what a fuck. Oh, uh, yeah, Let's right. leave his, uh, leave... A wreath on his grave. Maybe uh, then I will soothe my my guilt from watching yeah. him die. I mean, they didn't watch him die. They were, this was a, right. a different boss. Allowing him to die. Yeah. But yeah, one of the other three men in the smoke-filled room, as it were. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. They, uh, yeah. Then the phantasm shows up. Ooh, spooky. And uh, It is spooky. You tell me in like 1990 fucking That's nine. true. <laughs> kid, kid me was probably very spooky. like, spooks. whoa, that thing's freaky. Yes, and also the, that scene actually just in general is pretty dark. But yeah, you know the kill because uh, yeah, because in um, classic kid friendly fashion, after uh, be, um, scaring the poop out of the two side guys who run off, she uh, chases the dude into an empty grave and uh, makes and then makes him feel alone and terrified before crushing him with a statue. Yeah, a giant ass statue just squish him. Yeah, so it's just good kid friendly family fun. Yeah, this, uh, some of the kills, too. You're like, even the Chucky kill was already like, whoa, okay. Yeah, he drove him just, into another building. Uh, th- he, he, like, did a fucking, what, an evil Knievel between two skyscrapers and fucking lit, stuck the landing into one side of one. And then you see this guy get completely squished by uh, <laughs> by uh, an angel statue. Yeah, but I mean, at least it cut away from him before the squish happened. That totally yeah, makes it, it did okay. Cut away. Yeah, just cut up, see the thing tip over, and you're like, ah, now I get to imagine what horrible scene follows. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely just good, good uh, programming for our youth back then. I wonder why we're all messed up, us <laughs> <laughs> millennials. Uh, it's anyway. like Link and this. After the graveyard scene, you see Bruce analyzing the mysterious glass he found to try to see this residue of whatever was on mm-hmm. it he just does some detective stuff in the bat cave alfred makes some quips because that's what he did in the animated series and he's great oh, yeah. for that alfred animated series alfred is such a great character oh he's fantastic although i i feel like in this movie in particular he's kind of i don't know he's less he's he's less important than in some of the episodes oh of the for sure he's series. just he's just comic relief for this one yeah and you get a flashback again well, you get to see his first. You get to see his like his one of his earliest uh, before he was the bat when he was just a, a ninja guy trying to fight crime because that was why I wanted to get his kicks. You right. get to see one of his first forays into a uh, um, being the being a guy who stops crimes and uh, you, it's it's he he does a pretty good job, but he kind of you know he's like oh they didn't fear me Alfred you know what do I do about that you know and then Alfred gets like uh that might be a little a little far don't you think Brucey. Doesn't say it, but you can see it in his eyes. Like, mm. 
That's a healthy mindset for you to have is, oh, they didn't fear me (laughs) when I beat the shit out of them. Yeah, whenever my billionaire boss says, they didn't fear me, Alfred, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, uh, maybe go see a therapist. <laughs> yeah, but you know, then you remember he's a billionaire and you say, oh, well, I'm sure you'll figure something out. <laughs> Anyways, oh, yeah, um, you but can, yeah. You have a horrible uh, grip on my life and livelihood, so maybe you can – I trust you, sir. Yeah, but practicing jujitsu when the uh, when the woman he uh, flirted with an, a couple nights before, flashback version, Andrea Beaumont, shows up to – well, we're flirted with at the graves, obviously, because what an appropriate place um, – mm-hmm. shows up to – just say hi, basically, and uh, she's like, "Why didn't you call me?" And this this lady is stacked. Like they they animated all of, they designed all of these women in like the most Barbie ass proportions oh, yeah. uh, possible. But specifically, Andrea is just stacked. <laughs> so yeah. she's like, well, I mean, "What? You didn't call me? It's been three days. All the smart people me. call me." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like Bruce, of course you call her. She she no. loves her dead parents and she's gorgeous. Come on, yeah, gorgeous redhead. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, she uh, also does nighttime murder. <laughs> and, then, and then yeah, and then he's uh, like, I'm practicing jujitsu, and then she flips him over, and like like so. See, see, I'm a badass too. In addition to being a hot chick with a dead parent, you know. <laughs> and uh, then they <laughs> so have a romantic so scene of play fighting and alfred's like oh i'll leave you two to it yeah takes the lemonade to the other room yeah and then we cut back to the present and uh you see that third mob boss the one who's uh the last of the smoke-filled room guys basically who uh sees the other two are dead by batman's hand is like oh shit i gotta do something and he's an old supposedly by batman's hand so during this whole thing there's an undercurrent of that same guy that arthur reeves councilman dude who was at bruce wayne's party he's like it's gotta be the bat we have to rein him in and of course commissioner gordon doing his best to be like no i'm not doing any job like he gets results he didn't do it It's garbage, Mr. Reeves. The Batman does not kill. Damn it. He's a loose cannon, but he gets results. You see, Gordon Gordon was such a different character in the animated series than in the movies. Oh, so much. So it's a completely different different MO. Yeah, entirely. Because by this point, you know, they've got the bat signal. It's all that shit is ready and uh, set. You know, it's not quite Christopher Nolan Batman where it's not so... Uh, I don't want to say obvious because those 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 films aren't exactly subtle in many ways. But you know, it's not it's it's not a cartoon. It's not uh, the the cop the good cops don't go to the top of the roof and turn on a light and get the better cop to come and save them. Yeah, it's uh yeah the movies were definitely darker and sh- shadier. I feel like uh, the movies though did a poor job of evaluating the fact that the cops in Gotham are incompetent and or corrupt. Yeah, Whereas that was trash. more that yeah. was often more addressed in the uh, animated series. So yeah, no, they Cops did there. it in the aman- animated series where you got a lot more of the corrupt cops. A lot more of the mob is involved in the cops, like that kind of stuff happens in this because you they they have you know essentially it's revealed later on. But this Arthur Reeves character, he's he's connected to the mob, and that's partly why he's. Uh, He's trying to save this this decrepit old mob boss, the third in the in the smoke filled room. His two buddies who have already been fucking axed by the phantasm. He's trying to help this guy who's you know walking around with a bunch with a with 
what what would you call these inhaler type deals? The yeah, oxygen, oxygen mask stuff. Yeah, <laughs> this motherfucker's old. But yeah, he uh, meets with Arthur Reeve to say like, "You gotta help me out." The old, this old ass, old ancient dude whose lungs only work because he has oxygen masks constantly uh, right by his face. Um, like, yeah, you gotta keep my me alive for my last like thirty minutes of life. Yeah, That's seriously, important. I just um, accepted at that point. Yeah, all um, you do is read the newspaper by the fire and wheeze. But anyways, uh, then we have one more flashback after seeing him freak out for a minute to uh, Andrea and, ba- and Bruce on a date at the World of Tomorrow. The World of Tomorrow. Back in the – and this was over a decade ago when it was this wonderful, shiny, amusement parky looking thing talking about all the fantastic future tech we're going to have that Batman already had in his cave by that point. Right. This is a vision of a shimmering utopia where we will all spend the rest of our lives. It says, and it looks super capitalist. It's still like the most capital. Like it's, it is. uh, It is a. It's supposed to be this like wonderful, bright, shiny thing, and it's the most depressing future you could picture. Oh my god! And like, it it makes a reprisal later in the film where it's a decrepit old amusement park type looking thing, and it. It, that the juxtaposition, especially like this is coming out in the 90s, so everybody has already become horribly jaded. All of those beautiful theme parks that were made in like the 50s and 60s that, you know, made with exploited labor and, you know, everybody was – the people who were going to those parks were, <laughs> were the ones that were accepted and the people who were working those parks were not. Like this was a white person's future, which I honestly – I don't think there is a single black character. I know it's animated, but like not a single one in this film. There's there's not there's not really uh, much in the way of black characters in the entire animated series history. Right. It's not a Gotham it's is not, like a, not a good representation. It's like only ma <laughs> the the closest thing you get to diversity is like the Italian mob. Yeah. <laughs> not much. So as we cut to this new decrepit world of tomorrow, um a truly Again, just terrifying, not at all friendly for kids kind of location to look at. With some of the most, and the the undead robots being some of the most disturbing stuff you could ever hope to see as a seven year old. You know, just once more, great that it's rated TV PG. <laughs> yeah, you go into this scene, and it's uh, just previously you had seen uh, Bruce and Andrea like riding the small world after all cart through uh, beautiful scenes of robot wives and robot dogs and robot husbands and everybody's still coming home from their robot work but it's all like it's this perfect uh you know heteronormative society that is uh just been mechanized the, the white middle class of the 1960s yeah. but with robots it's terrifying it's l- just absolutely terrifying it's like we're going to replace all of the you uh fucking you know you already controlled masses with even more controllable robot masses but uh, after you come back to that, you see the same things just with, I guess, it's got to be more than 10 years. It's got to be like almost 20 or something. Cause, like, oh, no, because Batman was only, I mean, canonically, Batman in most, in the animated series, at least, I think he was only Batman for a total of like 15 years. I don't know. Here's the thing. With these kinds of stuff, yeah, the, with, especially with, with uh, comic book characters, they're going to play around with the canon. They're going to like toss it around. It's not going to, it's not going to be set in stone like ever. And I think especially in like this film, because... I don't know how candid it is that, um, you know, we get a, a little bit into the Joker's origin. Not not too deep, but we get a little bit of it. Well, and uh, that's exactly where we, who we meet when we come back to this this terrifying uh, 
decrepitude of what was once the world of tomorrow, which I think is an interesting um it's an interesting uh, thing that you're compared with because Bruce, of course, is not with Andrea, but we keep cutting to and from this world of tomorrow, this be- beautiful, bright future. And then when we cut back to the present, it's it's disappeared and been replaced with all this darkness and, and sadness. By the way, I just looked it up. You were right. It has been 15 years, um, uh, but which uh, I guess technically he wasn't Batman when we first see the flashback. So that's still no, he was probably still a couple of years out from that. Yeah, he was just the guy with because he hadn't even seen the bats thing yet. Just the guy with a mask, not even like a pointy-eared mask. Yep. Anyways, yeah. So the reason that we're here in this current day uh, uh, hellscape of a amusement park is because the old mobster who just let himself die because why does it fucking matter at this point is like I know one guy who can stop the bat from killing me. It's the only person who the bat's afraid of, and he meets up with. Honestly, you're about halfway into the movie at this point, and like I was like, ah, I guess maybe it's just about the mob and the phantasm. Maybe that's the whole. Nope, there's the Joker. There's the Joker. Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. You gotta have gotta have your obligatory Joker presence yeah, in any Batman and he content. Takes this movie to the next level. It, he really. I mean, the Joker always takes everything so to the next level. By far, uh, the the only. I think that the Scarecrow gave me more nightmares as a kid, but the the Joker is by far the best supervillain of all time. Well, probably. I mean, yeah, because he's just a crazy ass dude. He doesn't have any superpowers. He doesn't have any like. Well, he has a crazy. I guess he has crazy gas, just like the Scarecrow does, but it's a different kind of crazy gas. Yeah. But anyway, he's definitely got like yeah, his, no, I mean, his shit. How does he find all these all these bombs? Where does he find all the bombs? No, and the truth is, most of Batman's villains are just crazy people with great PR teams. Yeah. Like, there's very few superpowers. Bane, there's Bane, I guess, and his superpower is just chemical. It's yeah, just drugs. Yeah, just roided um, out. Um, there's, uh, Ra's al Ghul, has, his superpower is some kind of weird, creepy science juice yeah. that he can, you know, it's, it's not that, yeah. Mr. I mean, Freeze he's, is like, the get, same deal. Uh, you get the Scarecrow yeah, like super is science just a scary is most dude. Of the um, I think Poison Ivy is the only one who literally has, like, actual superpowers that I can... Yeah, she's a meta, the only reason she's a metahuman is because, because she had an exposure to creepy science yep. juice, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, most of that, that thing, Batman villains are really very science-based, whereas, like, you know, Superman villains in the same universe, lots of just, like, we're aliens. Yeah, they're we're aliens. Super alien power. It was alien. Right. Uh, um, I'm on a different planet, and the sun sun's rays somehow give me superpowers. Cool. I think that's one more reason Batman's so awesome. His cast of him and his cast of villains are people with unique uh, characteristics to them. Yeah, I think there's a lower barrier to entry whenever it comes to, like, suspending your disbelief with batman um not that i think that that makes it better or worse i just think that that means that your villains are going to be a bit more interesting yeah. but i mean batman's rogues gallery has always been the reason he's so cool he batman himself is oh, just yeah. uh, he's scary he's a, he's and he's scary with and, a cool yeah, voice scary yeah. and rich <laughs> um <laughs> but anyways scary and rich and ninja. yeah so, he, uh, so we have this old little ass uh, mummy of a mob dude meeting up with the joker like i got money and uh you know hey Here's five million, and I'll give you whatever you like after you kill and, the bat. And Joker does not like being told what to do, but he plays it off as, oh, no, it's all in good fun. And then we just cut, and it's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then we cut to the Phantasm breaking into this dude's house. Uh, and it's like, oh, if he, if he's going to be ready for him because he spent the Joker money. And the Phantasm comes and says that signature line of, like, your angel of death has come. Um, and then she's like, well, why aren't you responding? You're just sitting in your chair. And then you see one of the creepiest scenes in this movie, which is his dead, 
body with uh, the, one of those abhorrently cracked smiles that the Joker can put on people, just sitting in the chair, like halfway zombie, zombified flesh, um, looking up at the phantasm, and then the little camera screen uh, shows the, uh, or a little camera uh, with the Joker's voice projecting through it says, hey, you're not the bat. Well, I guess I'll blow you up instead, because that was his trick. And he blows up the room. Looks like there's a new face in Gotham, and soon his name will be all over town. To say nothing of his legs, feet, and spleen, and head. Morbid humor. Oh, we one more morbid thing we missed from the uh, scene in the decrepit amusement park was him and his creepy ass robot oh, his wife. Creepy robot like, wife. Just, yeah. Oh, oh my so fucking. Disturbing. Yeah, she's a bit yeah. of a homebody, but you can't help who you fall in love with. <laughs> no, he's and honestly, the Joker used to be funny. At some point, the Joker just became, let me say, death things and just pretend it's funny. Oh you yeah. Know? But I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I mean, uh, the for uh, Keith. Uh, I'm blanking on his last name. Oh, Heath Joker, Ledger. He's Ledger. He, not Keith. I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, Heath Ledger uh, played had a great portrayal of the Joker, but it was not a funny portrayal of the Joker. Uh... There was I'll, not too many jokes. I, I think that his joke, his there were definitely funny moments. Like he plays it off. I think you know, obviously Heath Ledger's Joker is is legendary. It's just a fantastic performance, um, and he posthumously won Best Supporting Actor for it, rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, which he yeah, rightfully so. Um, and I think that he was funny. I think there were funny bits in it. I think most of it was how disturbed can you make this character be and show. That to them, of course, it's funny that, you know, they they giggle or whatever whenever they smash a guy's head into a pencil and he dies. No, I mean, yeah, it's it's a different kind of – I would say it's a different kind of funny than the animated series oh, very Joker yeah. is funny. But the animated series Joker actually just told flat-out jokes. They were they were bad jokes, but that was half the yeah, fun of it. some of them you were know? really fucking and, funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, seriously. Um, anyways, but yeah, we see the explosion and uh, it, uh, it's – uh, kind of is that when the cops are tipped off that shit's going down? Yeah, so and Batman shows up. Yeah, the this Manhattan mansion looking thing in Gotham that the uh, Sylvester or Philester is his last name. Sal Sal Philester. It's a weird weird name. This guy who's the mob boss, the third, the third in the death toll for the Phantasm. Well, this one less less so. Yeah, this a is Joker. A Joker kill, but you know, third in the in the mobster death role. Um, and his his you know penthouse explodes there's this enormous plume of smoke obviously cops and everybody's going to start swinging in on that space and as the phantasm is trying to escape the bat arrives in his irresponsibly uh, if i would say it's pretty irresponsible to fly that bat wing thing in in city limits you, you know yeah. you fuck that up it's going to crash into something it's going to go f- flying down into the street seems like a mistake i always feel kind of i live in a city and i see a helicopter flying over me i'm like oh man those things those things don't seem they're they're, they're uh, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. Those things definitely God didn't intend in his creation to make helicopters. They don't make any sense. That's going to crash on one of on me someday. But that's because well, I'm a fucking hypochondriac. Anytime I see a plane or a helicopter above me, I have like fucking flashbacks like to, you know, the weeks and months of 9/11 coverage when I was a kid. Oh, and see I uh, I when I see planes and helicopters, I'm just like, "You know what? Whatever. It's just <laughs> loud. It's annoying." 
I don't I don't have any I don't know I don't fear that stuff myself but yeah I live next to an airport in Phoenix and uh for a little while it it took me a little while to get used to it it was I was like okay one of these days they're gonna like the lights are gonna turn off and they're gonna crash into my apartment complex well that was of course insane because that's not likely Fear of flying uh, metal things is a pretty common fear. A lot of people are scared of an aer- or of airplanes. I've never had that hang up. I've um, been in the airplane, and usually it takes about uh, uh, getting up and off the ground and then coming back down onto the ground. Once I'm up there, I'm like, I think we're safe, but it's the up and downs that get me. I mean, it, it's like I said, very common fear, but unfortunately it's also the, our fastest way for me to be with using modern technology because heaven forbid we just create high speed rails everywhere yeah we could create high speed rail that goes even faster than airplanes and costs a fraction of like a literally a negligible fraction of yeah of uh climate damage but you know anyways batwing um (laughs) it's it's a special kind of super plane and it's faster and Uh, more agile and can go in between buildings honestly when batman weaves in between buildings like that that's when it's really ridiculous but anyways um yeah uh, he he tackles phantasm who's trying to run from the scene of the crime and looks like he's about to catch him oh it's probably Uh, him it's gotta be it's a god look at that deep voice yeah uh but yeah uh then suddenly the cops show up and are like freeze we've got you surrounded for murders, and then literally a thousand cops are just following yeah, Batman four for the next. Is what they mentioned later, but it yep. looks more like a fucking full-on army. Like, yep, <laughs> just chasing down Batman uh, while the Phantasm gets away. Um, Doing their Batman looks like he's cornered. Oh my gosh! He uses some sneaky maneuvers to try to trick him. Um, he like gets fucked up though because they took his Batwing. They. Uh took his bat wing they basically make him run all the way around he has to jump into this construction site there's a cool point where um these cops are like fucking they, you know they're cops so they are trigger happy as hell and he said there's one guy who catches him while he's hiding on this construction site from a helicopter and he uses his um grappling hook to like send a uh, what do you call those things? How am I uh, the horse the, legs? The ro- uh, rocking horse? Or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, they're yeah, not a rocking the, horse. Or not a rocking I don't know. Horse. Those, you know what I'm the, talking the, about. The though. things on construction sites that have like the four legs and yeah. the panel. Yeah. Yeah, I have. I, I feel like horse makes sense in this because Something but it's been horse, a very yeah. long time since <laughs> I've actually been on any kind of site where we use them. Um, well, anyways, yes. Um, yeah, he puts his cape on that thing. So he's maskless at this point. The cops shoot the shit out of his capes and then see the horse underneath, and they're like, wait a fucking minute, this isn't a guy. And then they see him, of course, running away. They haven't seen his face, but he doesn't have his mask or his cape on. He gets down this alley. They finally have, like, a clean shot, and I'm like, why the hell aren't they shooting now? They were shooting everything earlier because they blew up the construction site. They shot a couple of uh, pressurized cans and shit, so it just popped and uh, he goes down this alley, and at the very end, you see, Andrea, why are you here? She pulls up in her very nice uh, red Corvette, and he hops in. They drive off. He's like, great timing. Good stuff. Let's go ahead and speed run the rest of the synopsis and then finish the review off. There is a different flashback where he proposes. Bats happen. Oh, my gosh, there's a bat cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she says she yes to the proposal, but then she later says no. She has to run away with her dad because 
mob stuff. His, their dad's in trouble with the mob. Turns out that in the present day, her dad has since been killed by the mob, and so that's why she's being the phantasm to chase down these mob dudes. And after she's gotten her revenge, Joker's the last one. But Batman knows Joker is way too dangerous and will actually beat her. And lo and behold, Joker does do that, but Batman shows up just in the nick of time before she gets shredded in a plane engine. And then uh, there's an awesome long-ass fight scene of him chasing around through the whole amusement park. Yeah, there's a full-on uh, kaiju fight like yeah. between the Joker and the Batman because they go into one of these model cities. They have like little planes. He's he's some, totally rigged up this this old uh, future-y amusement park place. Yeah, but then uh, uh, Andrea's like, this is uh, he needs to die, and I need to die with him. That's the only way this could end, and the whole place is going to blow up because the Joker rigged it to blow, and uh, they caught him before he could get away from his own explosions. She doesn't um, have her mask. She doesn't have her uh, Yeah, at this point, uh, her mask cape. has been removed. Yeah, she's cape, been yeah. demasked and all that, but, like, somehow she still has the cool, like, ooh, if I just, like, wait here, all of a sudden all this smoke just, like, swirls around me and I become, again, like, incorporeal. And, again, uh, it's never established how that stuff works. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm okay with <laughs> um, it. But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she holds him. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Batman tries to go get her, but then he, the crown crumbles beneath him and he falls to the sewers. And he's then from the, after he gets flowed away a couple, like, miles, there's a giant explosion. And it's like, oh, they're probably both dead. But somehow they're not. Both of them are still alive. It's established. And uh, there's a little, he sees this, the, her pendant hanging in the Batcave. Uh, and it's like, oh, she, and then just uh, the pendant that he, uh, he gave her. He gave her or something like that? I can't remember. It, it was her signature it, pendant. I, he didn't give her the pendant, but it does have a picture of those two together. Like she had kept it That's with right. her this whole time. That's right. But yeah, the signature pendant. And it's like established, oh, she's still alive. Um, and then you see her going off on a fishing ship and Joker also escaped it's established later on in mm -hmm. the canon but um yeah. yeah joker doesn't die ever yeah none of the main villains ever die but there's still plenty of death in this movie um so yeah that's the sorry we sorry we got into long form synopsis at first we just have got off the off the rails a little bit there um anyways yeah uh great movie and uh what i'd recommend i mean for one the fight scenes or just the action scenes in this movie are just excellent lots of really just Action the, the Joker, the Joker, the Joker fight scene, the cop running scene, um, the uh, his first time being Batman, that flashback one, that's a really cool scene. You um, get a lot of, I think, very good, um, like actual suspense out of those scenes. Oh um, yeah, because it actually yeah, he feels like he's actually not immortal, right? He, he especially I think when he's getting, uh, when he you know, f finally meets up with the phantasm, like, what are you doing? You can't do this. And then the cops chase him. Uh, yeah, you that's... really feel like he's on the ropes. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, uh, like, it's especially great dichotomy because in the very first scene of the movie, when he breaks in on the mobsters and Chucky Soul runs off, he's just kicking all kinds of ass, no questions asked, right. you know? So it's a great dichotomy of, like, the scenes where he's really in trouble versus the scenes where he's just like, I'm Batman, you can't mm -hmm. physically touch me. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It's a uh, uh, great action scene. As I'll, as we already pointed out, the Joker is a highlight of the movie because he just everything Always that Mark Hamill's Joker movie, shows up yeah. uh, show in, is uh, going to crank the, that thing up to eleven. Yeah, the uh, I think that this 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 version of Batman, this one, um, not specifically the not generally the um, animated series one, which I think is generally the best uh, Batman. But uh, this specific movie, this version of Batman where we have him being a lot more emotionally vulnerable, a lot more um, – I, I guess – It feels like human. 
Yeah, he's a human. He's a person. There's a point where he's crying at his uh, parents' grave and saying, like, I, I know I made this promise. I know I made this vow, but I didn't count on being happy. Like, he finally found someone in his life who could, you know, be a who, – who he sees as, like – sharing something with him like there's so much snappy dialogue between the two you know batman's kind of like a blank slate but she's definitely got a lot of um personality with her and uh dana delaney's voice acting i think adds a lot to it too does a lot of really good work um i think that that scene as well as a lot of the kind of juxtaposition of oh they're so happy together they go to the museum of the future or whatever the world of the future and then you see uh, after Gotham has chewed him up and spit him out, and after her dad has uh, taken on all this mob debt and ended up getting fucking axed, like what what the darkness has left them with, like this is the this is it, it says over the um it says over the intercom when they actually go the first time when they see the world of tomorrow, but it says this is our vision of a shivering utopia where we're going to spend the rest of our lives. The Gotham World's Fair. A dream of the future. A bright tomorrow filled with hope and promise for all mankind. This is a vision of the shimmering utopia where we shall all spend the rest of our lives. And that's where they spend the rest of their lives, but the utopia doesn't stay. Is that that world keeps decaying and they keep getting further and further into the darkness of that world and the Joker ends up inhabiting both of their worlds because obviously the Joker is the one who um eventually killed her father prior to him becoming the joker he he's just some mob guy who works for Sylvester. well and that's left that's actually left kind of vague whether he's a, a mob dude or whether he's a, kind of doing a joker deep cover thing for the past because it's, it's hard to say what the joker's origin stories are because they're also twisted and intertangled and yeah they hop around canon. and this is another one where you're like the, the i think that this is as a movie uh, if you leave it as a standalone, if you just take it for what it's showing you, um, then, yeah, I think that that that's origin. his or he's an or he he worked for the mob, you know. And however, you know, he fell out, he turned into the Joker, isn't divulged in this movie, but we he's seen as uh, in a picture by the greatest detective of all time. Batman as being like, oh, if I just draw a really bright smile on this guy, he's definitely the Joker. And he's the guy who, um, when he, he ogled Andrea as after she had accepted his proposal, and then that night she and her dad had to run away, uh, he's the one who shows up at her house in the Mediterranean after they've been hiding out in uh, Europe for a long while, and then she finds his dead body, her father's dead body, that is. Um, so the Joker, uh, whether or not he was in a deep cover or whether or not he was a full-on mobster, uh, definitely killed her dad, and that explains why she was after him. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like I said, the Joker terrorized by him. Yeah, it's it's tough to say exactly what the Joker's intent were was before or after, but uh, either way, he was clearly just as insane and diabolical and quite frankly and that's the one thing that it's easy to underestimate the joker because he's insane but he's also still very brilliant mm-hmm. yeah no he's a, he, he's, he's, a, a, he's one step ahead yeah he's like somehow 
one of the smartest people in in the entire show in the entire universe of yeah, in terms Batman. Of masterminding, yeah. yeah. But yeah, in terms of the origin story factor, I just like I just like a classic Joker quote that uh takes place in I believe Arkham City. Um, it's uh Joker says, you know, I've always thought if you're gonna have an origin story, you're best off making it multiple choice. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And it is. It's multiple choice. Maybe he was just some random guy. Maybe he fell into a vat of acid. Maybe he was a mobster. Who knows? Uh, maybe he was a failed comedian who was forced by the mob to do a job, uh, try to say to try to um, save his his and his wife's life. But then they still betrayed him. You know, the, the, there's all kind. The original Red Hood fishbowl story um, is one of the possibilities. There's a, like I said, there's about a dozen different Joker origins, and none of them are confirmed canon. Yeah, it's an ever expanding roll call of Joker origin stories. Yep. But yeah, like Kyle was saying, uh, ju- those juxtapositions are one of the things that make the film great because you really do, especially with the flashbacks incorporated in, you get mm-hmm. to really see uh, how the growth of uh, these relationships and makes it, ma- it makes the characters feel alive and the world feel, world feel lived in. Right. So, Phil, what do you think was Andrea right in what she did? Because we I mean, get that I'm, thing at the very end where Alfred is like, she fell into the precipice and you couldn't take her out even if you tried. You walk along this edge every night and I worry for you. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm always in favor of killing rich old bastards. Yeah, kill the so. guys is why I'm, I'm thinking like, hmm. But Batman has his no-killing policy. That's what makes him, quote-unquote, a good guy. Right. So. Despite the fact that when he's also like crying to his parents, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be the good guy in this. Maybe I'll just give a bunch of money to the city and they can hire more cops. And it's like, oh. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like I don't maybe. know. It's, uh, I would say, I would say that, um, Batman has always, Batman has always been a morally ambiguous character to anyone who's, uh, to anyone who's really interested in what the definition of justice means, you know? It's uh, but the whole not killing a thing definitely gives him an edge in terms of being able to say he has some moral high ground. Yeah. Um, because at least you know at the end of the day, yeah, if if you're killing the bad guys but you're still killing on mass, then it does get questionable. Yeah, but maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. The phantasm was killing specific targets. I don't yeah. think that she. Had, I don't think she had a single incidental she like unintended kill. Yeah, it was all revenge. What she was after, which you know, not exactly a. I guess not a not a good motivation, but also who knows. Um, well, and I mean, she it, ended up killing three, well, ultimately leading to the death of three mob bosses. So, like, is there guys. a bad thing here? <laughs> uh, but um, and of course, you know, it's explored a little further in the shitty sequel to the movie. Um, oh. The sequel, but the sequel movie just wasn't as good. Yeah, Don't bother with it. It yeah, it doesn't make you feel more. It doesn't. It makes you feel like less connected to the characters than yeah, you did like before that, you, no. you just watched the first one. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I would, uh, I would say, yeah. Just in general, not a lot of leftist messaging or anything in this film, but definitely just a good, fun cartoon movie uh, that is definitely intended for children and not definitely adults. for children. As a twenty-seven-year-old man, I should probably not be watching this, even though it seems more age-appropriate now than it did when I was six watching it. <laughs> Absolutely. The first time. Honestly, the fight, the kaiju fight scene with the Joker has a lot of blood in it. There's there a is. Lot of blo- there's Dude, a lot of like fucking there's a lot of blood coming out of Batman during this movie and there's also a lot of fucking like I mean that creepy old guy the creepy dead, old guy yeah, he was dead that, that his dead look was like the creepiest dead look terrifying and then yeah. you know uh we didn't talk too much about it but Arthur Reeves of course is also involved yeah. with the Joker gets poisoned um it's not 
confirmed that he's dead, but he does go crazy and start laughing a lot, and it, that kind of stuff is also it's, uh, he's, it's he's, so he's, creepy. He's also alive, much like the Joker and Andrea are, mm-hmm. that's established, uh, especially if you watch the sequel. But yeah, he's uh, yeah, just uh, Joker's Joker's more than happy to kill dudes to cover his tracks, and uh, it's leads to some creepy ass scenes. But yeah, him that scene of him laughing in the hospital while trying to be, be, like laughing while oh, terrified no. is yeah. extra terrifying. Oh no! Why did the Joker meet with you? <laughs> uh, it's, it's so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't call the movie like a cinematic masterpiece in terms of art style. In fact, it looks pretty quickly drawn, but most of Batman animated series does, you know, very the, they the stick art with the, the art style at least. Yeah, it's very it's, it's, a, it's a similar art style, so if you're familiar to the actual movie. I mean, because it's set in the series. It's, you know, it's it's a movie based on that series. So it's all the same right. people working on it. Right. Um yeah, same art style, which is uh it's never been the Batman art style has never been as like high point. It's not like Samurai Jack where the art style is everything, you know. Yeah. No, in this one though, it does ask you. Uh, I I I like it because like even the first shots after you get out of the 3D rendered bits um, that lead the credits in, the first shot is like this terrifying. Uh, it's a view of the city. It's the view of the skyline of Gotham, and it's just this terrifying. If you've ever seen Metropolis, it's like the dark version of that. It's terrifying, and it's uh, it's good. And they, they it builds it builds a world. Their their um, their art style may not be like the most glossy, and it may not be the best uh, like most beautiful thing, but it does build into the world uh very well it makes it it makes it feel grimy maybe not grimy just dark and gritty it makes it feel like yeah a a decrepit city Mm -hmm. you know um and uh that's been always been the intention of what gotham's supposed to look like so uh i mean yeah and honestly if uh one of the highlights of the movie in my opinion other than of course the plot and the storytelling and the characters is uh the soundtrack because it does exactly what a soundtrack should do it's you barely notice it's there but then you realize it made the scene better oh yeah the design is great i listened to this with headphones on so uh i had a stereo version and whoever was going through this at the end did a bang up job man Mm, yeah, and, and yeah, I'm sure the I didn't do the headphones, but I can tell the audio editing was on point. Yeah, so uh, any last thoughts, Kyle? Uh, go watch it. It's fine if you have HBO. Uh, watch it. If you don't, uh, do it's, it some it's other not, way. It's a, not even a full hour and a half movie. It's a you know it was it was uh, it was originally gonna be made for TV, and then uh, yeah, it was originally gonna be made for TV, and then they ended up making it uh, go to theaters because it was good enough. They thought, and yeah. they weren't wrong. Um, yeah. Uh, definitely, I'd give it a solid 8.5 out of 10. High praise, yeah. I'd say at least like an 8. It's a good movie. I would watch it. I, I, I'm honestly tempted to watch it again. Maybe not immediately, but I would. In the near future. I'll well, honestly, what I might do is just now that I know the animated series is on HBO Max, go ahead and uh, tear Ooh, the original yeah. one. Might just go tear through that. that would be um, Never mind. We'll but do yeah. that first. And then come back to the Phantasm afterwards. Uh, yeah, so Batman kind of shitty hero if you think about it in the big picture but great hero great movie yeah fuck batman we love batman yes all right um well i think that's it for the review section so let's go ahead and uh on to the news blast shall we sounds good to me well let's uh go ahead and start out by talking about there was a little uh it, it, not real news per se but it was just something that like f- really made me look examine the dystopia and say 
well, that's funny. That seems about right. And it was an opinion article in Bloomberg about this guy saying, the time has come. We need to give Facebook and Amazon their own UN seats. Yep. It's they, impressive. They, are, they, deserve, they deserve to they, – they do so much for the world. They should just go ahead and uh, have their say in how the world is run. Yeah, this guy uh, – it's written by a man named Ben Schott who's called calling himself a visual journalist. And he, he writes like he doesn't know what uh, people say. He, he writes like a fuck. He, he's so far it's up his own fucking ass. He's like, we're so uh, – the idea that he proposes is that similar to states, things like Amazon and uh, Walmart and he, what, fucking like Facebook and shit, he's like, we need to give them a seat at the United Nations because they have the same kind of scope and what he calls ambition of states, but that it's it's our silly – uh, adherence to a the cultural dominance of the Westphalian system, as he calls it, which is like the most fucking up your own ass thing in the world. So the Treaty of Westphalia, of course, is not, of course is a, a treaty from nineteen or from sixteen forty eight. It's like a uh, it, it set up the kind of competing state system after the thirty years war that really fucked up all the little principalities in Germany, and they basically divided up Europe and then. Uh, turned their forces mostly towards their colonial assets, and that's how they competed against each other. There were set battles still fighting in Europe, not as ha not as much until Napoleon, but uh, that was essentially for about 150 years or so the the set the world the world as the Europeans knew it was set by the Treaty of Westphalia, and this is this shit happened like what f fucking 350. 370 years ago now and he's like we're still being dominated by this cultural presence of the westphalian system how many americans do you think know what the westphalian system is yeah or that it has any facet in any political scope of their lives whatsoever right he's <laughs> suggesting that somehow we are we are and, attached and, to this thing because ingratiated uh, to them or whatever right because it's like we need to believe that a uh, a state is a is a discrete group of people based on culture and uh like i guess um what would you culture and geography that that is run through a central government that that's not what a state is anymore and of course they do the same he does this thing where um he says like uh what's it um it, that COVID-19 has proved that state capacity doesn't really exist anymore. It's all brands, as he calls them, or multi-million, multi-billion dollar conglomerates that actually run the world. And he's not wrong in that suggestion, but he is wrong in saying that— The way uh, you should solve it is just lead into it. <laughs> yeah, it's like here's the here's the— here is the limit of the American failed state, and that means that every other state in the world also failed, completely ignoring the fact that most other countries did a significantly better job than the United States who did cede all of its power to these billion-dollar billion conglomerates or to your small business owner who essentially got to decide that, no, you don't wear a mask, you don't get vaccinated, you come to work. Yeah, no, it's, I mean the whole thing – the whole thing comes across as just a love letter to the idea that neoliberalism truly should reign supreme, and we should just go ahead and lean right into that. Yeah, neoliberalism and neo-feudalism. Yeah, it's uh, it's serfdom. Serfdom is the ideal state of living for the average person, and we should embrace that wholeheartedly. Yeah, as long as you're not an average person, you get to feel like that. Yeah, 
and I mean, I'm sure he got he the guy he's a guy who writes for Bloomberg, and I'm sure he has plenty of kickbacks that make him feel special. Yeah, fucking. But yeah, sure anyway, like I said, not real it. news, but just uh. No, just but the fact cr- that it comes across it. anywhere in a in the fact that yeah that, that yeah. was an existing headline. <laughs> um. But yeah, on to some real news, and one that I'm sure that uh, everyone will have already forgotten about, the Pandora Papers. Oh yeah, I've completely forgotten about them already. Yeah. You remember the Panama Papers when we saw, oh look at all this money, that like tr- trillions of dollars being held in offshore accounts so they don't have to pay taxes on it? We have proof of this, we have proof, and then the Pandora Papers job, it's like, oh, we have proof that it's literally criminal, like a, a literally criminal by any American laws, but because it's not American money, they can't, we can't touch them. They're literally just breaking American laws en masse, because go fuck us. Well, even we international like agreements, they're breaking. It's like, yep. in t- if there's even the the facade of international law, which doesn't exist, international law is fake. Um, you know, it's always this international rules based order that uh, international law is a way that they can punish poor people no matter where they are. Right. It's essentially being like, all right, so international law is when we decide we in the West generally decide who gets IMF loans and who has to restructure their debt. And that's essentially the the extent of international law, because, you know, the people who are at the top top even dictating it are immune from from the same laws that they're supposedly uh, making world global. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, it's just we, we saw hard paper documentation of their immunity to any kind of uh, prosecution by any structure, government or otherwise. Just li- literally hard data of, look, these rich people are clowning you every single day and could not give half a shit. Like, here's the proof, the undeniable proof. And everyone's just like, oh, that's a big deal. What a scandal. OK, on to McDonald's. Yeah, although I will say that uh, the people in Chile after – uh, they've already, you know, essentially axed the Pinochet era constitution. They are now uh, setting out. It looks like um, to impeach the president of Chile, who oh, I mean, whose I... family is involved with uh, Pandora Paper. Uh, you know, essentially the the business dealings of his family were in the Pandora Papers. Yeah. And I have high hopes for Chile, and I wish them all the best in their upcoming CIA coup. <laughs> Good luck. Nine Eleven's. Uh, you only got a what? What? It's um, it was forty years, and then they got rid of P- Pinochet's constitution. Maybe in another forty years, they'll have to do it again. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll be like uh the rice farmers of uh vet, of uh vet, why am I saying Venezuela? The right well. Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam. Th- thank you. I'm like V V. My brain v, is your blank v, there. V. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Rice farm. Maybe they'll be like some good Vietnam rice farmers and uh, prevent any coup from occurring, and they'll get to keep enjoying the style of government they actually want instead of the one they're told they have to love because capitalism yep. must always be the only working. Yeah, communism can't work because uh, it just doesn't. It just doesn't work, and there's no reason related to us making sure it doesn't work. Yeah. The thing that yeah. I get upset about with especially – this is a bit of a tangent, but you see these – it's not even actually that much of a tangent because the Pandora papers show even more so like yes all of these all of these conspiracy theories as you call them whenever i bring them up not you specifically but people who uh, you know, like speak people to me who about calls this shit. just conspiracy yeah, yeah. it's like no the, the they're this real is the proof the hard documentation proof that these conspiracy i mean it's just like when you bring us up like mk ultra and yeah. they're just like ah, well, the cia wouldn't do that anymore we're the good they're the good guys now. Right. everyone makes mistakes they've definitely everyone had a recently tries to mind control people with drugs yeah there's definitely been a reckoning since they fucking made the unabomber and 
fucking poisoned uh, Charles Manson into eventually turning into a you know what he became. Yeah, no, I mean all that is just that's just all conspiracy right now. None of that's confirmed yet, unlike MK Ultra, which has been formally confirmed. Right. That's all. Operation we're just making other stuff up. All of these things that we have documentation for, and then they never we face suggest that any it's happening now. <laughs> Not a and we single. We suggest it might still be happening now, and it's like, nope, you're 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 crazy, conspiracy nutter. Yeah, it's so, insane yeah, to believe papers. that the FBI and the CIA, after never having even a slap on the wrist, would not change their opinion, not change their uh, behavior, just like they told us they did. Yeah. Well, it's it's just you got to believe the system because if you don't just embrace wholeheartedly that everything is fine and uh, America loves us and Uncle Sam is your best friend, then otherwise we might live in a constant state of terror, and that, that's just not acceptable. Yeah, I need to feel good about the country that I live in because I don't know. Blind I nationalism the is always healthy. Yeah. <laughs> when, when has blind nationalism ever gone wrong Dude. Heil uh, where <laughs> um yeah no, no no zig heils here we don't do that We're, we 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 keep our zig heils very very under wraps here in america oh yeah which like is why we Texas. have to stand for the pledge of allegiance seriously the pledge of allegiance was one of those uh, brazen brainwashing tactics of our youth oh to ever God, yeah be a thing and i had no idea when i was a kid i was just like oh i i gotta say these words about how i love my country that's of course. very very totally normal and a first world thing to do yep normal thing for everybody under the age of fucking 18 to have to do every morning yes tell just tell your country how much you love it mm-hmm. anyways yeah so the pandora papers another great example of a conspiracy that will get just get you called a crazy conspiracy theorist even though it's hard documentation i'm sure whatever journalist uh broke the story will be murdered eventually uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's not like the person who leaked the Panama Papers had anything that happened to them a couple weeks later. No, not at all. Definitely, definitely didn't just She's suddenly wind up suicide. Alive. It was, and no, no. She, I mean, well, what it was was leaking the Panama Papers. She just had such a crisis of conscience for hurting all those poor rich people. She felt like she had to take her own life. Mm-hmm. It was very, you know, that's why it was definitely a suicide. That's why she made two two bullet wounds to the back of the head. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's, that was one of my favorite uh, suicides that's still just considered a suicide by any official documentation. Hey, All right. Um, you say otherwise, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, uh, moving on, uh, we have next up we uh, the world of Texas, which is definitely not a sign that we're becoming a crazy backwater third world, third world country. Um so I'm sure you're all familiar with the archaic laws of Texas and what they've been doing lately to women's rights. Um, but we have, fortunately, a group of what I'd call freedom fighters, which are literally just uh, uh, people offering uh, – professionals offering under, uh, essentially underground abortions, illegal abortions, running illegal, illegal abortion clinics because they think women's rights are more important than the laws of the state. They would be right. Yeah. Yes. It's entirely anti-democratic. Uh, I mean this whole country's – horribly anti-democratic but texas in particular because of its voter restriction and because of a lot of um other ver you know it's it's rampant across the country but texas is like a a case study in voter suppression and in anti-democratic laws just like you see in mississippi and alabama and oklahoma and arizona and new mexico even up in new york too you, you get it everywhere but very much so in texas yeah and uh it, I, uh, I mean, we don't have a whole lot of news on this other than the fact that it is happening, but I just we just wanted to take a moment to appreciate all of the doctors who are running these uh, running these abortion clinics in the, in the face of their state laws yeah. and putting themselves at risk of arrest and whatnot. 
and uh, that's gonna end up being a, 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 a this. They're never gonna overturn Roe v. Wade, right? Because it's just such a good way to pull out their evangelical vote. Because if you get rid of Roe v. Wade, you'll get like two, three elections out of that. But then you won't have any more scaremongering to pull out of it. Um, if you keep doing these little bites at uh, abortion access, I mean little bites. These, these are huge It's a pretty big bite. <laughs> but uh, like if you keep making it just so that people who want an abortion are immiserated, firstly, that's great for uh, for them because most of the time evangelicals, people who want – this they just in general americans uh what we vote for is voting for the other side to suffer and that's great for them this is well, just I mean, another also, expansion of a cultural war that allows people to bleed more and more votes towards them or away from their you know their opponent i mean and it's i mean evangelicals just in general are people who have bought into a version of christianity that never actually existed and doesn't and it isn't really stated in any capacity in the bible but uh, that they want to believe wholeheartedly because it makes them feel like this is what I heard about Jesus because I heard all the wrong things, and therefore everyone needs to believe this too. Yeah, it's all it's, prosperity gospel and like submitting your higher functions towards a – and I like the idea of – you know some, some religions do the idea where it's like full-on submission. That's what Islam is about. That's what um, – a number of other religions are, but for, you know the thing that immediately comes to my mind is that you're submitting yourself to God's will. In this case, you're submitting yourself largely to capitalism. Pro- well, but it's, and it's, and yeah, that's the thing. The version of the Bible most people think they know is full on propaganda and not actually what the Bible says. Right. Like no, Jesus. Jesus. I mean, Jesus never is recorded saying a word on gay rights, but there's a, a lot of biblical historians who think no, Jesus was probably pretty pro gay. Yeah, you know, so like I the, mean, the guy, he took care of, he took care of uh, sex workers. He took care of people who were struggling. You don't think that he would take care of also the same uh, people who were, you know, maybe they're they couldn't have a child, or maybe not because they, you know, they were pregnant and they had no ability to maintain a child. I mean, God in the early in the Old Testaments actually did like support abortion in some of the older stuff, but like. The closest thing you can say about like the gays uh, or you know uh, Christian uh, theology on on gay people is like a letter to the Philippians, which is you know not Jesus and not. It's just another fucking like. It's yeah. They, they, they I literally think it was just Paul carry, It's full point. on cherry. So it's yeah. Like, eh. No, I mean the 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 Republican Christian, the right wing Christian mentality is literally just cherry-picking specific verses almost out of context most of the time just mm-hmm. so they can continue to believe that no one should be allowed to have nice things and we should live in the dark ages. Like any book that's 3,000 pages long or whatever, you can find something to justify your opinion in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, but yeah, I'm glad that there are people in Texas who are like, this isn't cool and we're going to keep doing this in the face of your archaic laws and yeah. screw any consequences that might happen. So good for them and good for the people who are – Hopefully being served, and hopefully they will be safe. But obviously, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's still getting worse. And uh, the fact that this is these kind of laws are allowed to pass at all just shows how wonderful and not crazy authoritarian our we have freedom, America's freedom, which is why you can't do the things that you want to have autonomy in. Mm-hmm. Nope. Um, your 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 body? No, you're not you're not free to access to your own body or yeah. anything else. But otherwise, freedom. Otherwise. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and uh, in a more ridiculous news, which doesn't actually mean anything and is just uh, contributing to arbitrary numbers on top of arbitrary numbers that have lost any sense of semblance, Biden just recently saved us from defaulting on our federal loans oh, by hooray. making us allowed to take out more federal loans. Yeah. Well, so now we can get another $500 billion in debt and make that arbitrary, pointless number that much bigger. And uh, I, don't, I just I actually had a conversation with my father recently that cracked me up because he was talking about like, oh, well, once we have trillionaires, they'll just pay off the national debt and everything will be better. It's like you don't notice that that number is also arbitrarily getting bigger. There, yeah. Our national debt will be three quadrillion dollars by the time we have trillionaires. Um, like, and, then, and, even if it, and even if that wasn't the case, do you think any of them would spend a dime helping – you know, they haven't done balanced it yet. institutions. Balanced yeah, no, they just, just like a reason that a big reason that this uh, supposed debt crisis even exists is because of them getting Bush and then Trump era tax breaks and Clinton era tax breaks before that. Yeah, the uh, you know the national debt is. I mean, it's it's a kind of pointless number because it's literally it's like pointless. where's this money yeah. coming from? Where's it going to? Don't worry about where it. Where did you come from? Where, how, did you how, how, where did you come from? My wallet. I mean, I don't know about you, Kyle, but somehow our country bought, borrowed has borrowed trillions of dollars from China, and I don't feel like I've ever gotten a single dollar from China. <laughs> no, like, I don't, um, I don't. <laughs> but the thing is, is that this so the debt ceiling and the debt limit in general is just a big red herring. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, like you said, totally arbitrary, totally imaginary number. We exist, uh, the United States, that is, uh, we exist as the global backer of the global reserve currency. And our fiat is what everyone bases their, their, uh, money off of. It's us and the petro, uh, us and our existence as the petrodollar, uh, kind of, acts as not even it's not even like when we backed things by gold it's it's that we're backing things by our guns and the fact that we are yeah, a globe bestriding empire so there is no we have there is a, no yeah, limit our, to what we can what we can do with our money or how much we can have our militant forces if you count our at home ones and our uh, abroad ones our militant forces are the next are more than the next five countries added together so so much for china is this giant threat yeah <laughs> And it's the, – the Democrats always fall into this thing. So like because we are the global reserve currency, because we are essentially um, – there's, no necess there's no necessity to balance the budget as this empire, as, the, as our empire. If you really wanted to, you could do the thing that always comes up is like what if we mint a trillion-dollar coin, just mint like 28 of those and we're set. <clears throat> and uh, no, they don't. They don't bother because that's it doesn't really even matter then. You can – if you really cared, you're, we're not going to be affected by this as an inflationary problem because we've just been pumping, 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 pumping trillions of dollars into the private sector anyway of just like printed money uh, all through essentially allowing them to take on – uh, free debt. There's like negative interest la loans yeah, on, I going mean, on right now. Yeah, inflation doesn't happen because Quantitative of any. Our, yeah, inflation doesn't happen because of any like, oh, our debt is getting so high and we need to try to cover it or whatever. Inflation happens solely because people who are very rich say, now is the time that money becomes worth more so that I can make my imaginary number bigger. Right. Yeah. No, it's all games. And 
they Democrats always get tricked into this because they want to be the good boys and girls. They want to be the good kids in the class who, oh yeah, they're they prior- Teacher, prioritize how much money they're going to spend on candy and how much money they're going to spend on vegetables, and that's how you get uh, all of this means testing when it comes to actually creating something. But the four hundred and eighty billion dollars that Biden has raised the debt limit by is still what? That's that's not yet. That's less than two thirds of the annual discretionary defense spending budget. Yeah. That's not the permanent defense budget. That's not the permanent budget for the Pentagon. That's that's discretionary, and it is every year. Yeah, and And that's not counting all of the uh, facets of the defense budget that accommodate to our police force, which is the third largest military in the world. Our Our police at home, third largest military in the world. Yep. Yep. No mean, wonder we feel so safe here in America. So safe. <laughs> I can feel great about it. Uh, yeah, no, have you ever I, – I just I don't get Have you ever driven by a cop and been like, I feel safer now? Never, not once in my life. Never in my life, no. Yeah. no. The one time yeah, I um, liked a cop uh, was because I was being harangued by one of the sec- – I was already being arrested by that cop, and the, I was being harangued by a security officer at my university that I started at. And uh, the security officer got a look from the cop, and he was like, do you really need to do this right now? And I was like, I'm already being arrested. I don't like anybody in this situation, but I like you more than the other people right now, these fake cops. That's the closest thing Yeah, but you were being arrested for an absolute bullshit thing because obviously weed pot is the devil. Weed pot's the devil, and if you have 1.2 grams of it on you, you must also be one of his demons. Honestly, I mean, I'm really surprised as a white guy that you got – in trouble for that. I got sold out by some one of my buddies. Not my buddy sold me out, but my buddy fucked over uh, some lady, or not even my buddy. My buddy's friend was mean to a lady at a party that I was at, and then they noticed that we were hanging out together. And she called and said to the uh, security people that we were selling booze out of our uh, dorm, and my buddy was holding on to a bag of uh lucy's essentially just like a couple it, it might have made up a 24 pack but it wasn't entirely a uh it wasn't one whole for 24 pack it was just a bunch of loose shit left over from the party that my buddy was holding on to for uh a couple of girls who were like terrified of their uh ra scared white so women we scared like, white right, women do fine. a lot of dumb shit yeah. <laughs> scared, so. scared white women there's a reason that Karens are an archetype and it's because scared white women do a lot of dumb shit well it, to, it wasn't even cause... them it was like some I, I don't know I got arrested I had to spend upwards of like 1700 bucks to get a lawyer to knock this stupid drug charge down it's stupid yeah. it's so fucking dumb I didn't yeah, have to that's go our system to, for you drug anyways um, fuck off Fuck off. Yeah, okay, fuck yeah, the police Graham, goddamn and uh, fuck our military budget. And if we just decided that we didn't need to have more guns than the rest of the world put together, then we could solve all of the debt problems very quickly. Um, but they don't want to do that because yeah. they got to keep those imaginary numbers looking imaginary and terrifying. It's a big culture war issue. It's a way that McConnell can be like, well, we didn't, we didn't do the thing that the Democrats wanted to increase the debt, and we said no, but they did it anyway. See how irresponsible they are, and uh, the Democrats. Well, of course, will if we'd gone, of course, also if we'd gone the other way, then the Republicans would have hated that too. So, well, yeah, I mean, no, they, <laughs> that's, both that's of these parties, dichotomy. both of these parties add immensely to the debt because both of them consistently approve deficit spending for military or for tax cuts. They never fucking 
say anything about people getting more Medicare, more Medicaid. They never yeah, say anything about like making anything better for anyone. We're bitching and moaning about $3.5 over 10 years for fixing roads. And th- this is where we're going to get fucking pissy about it is because we have this silly little culture war issue about the deficit or the debt limit. And it none of it matters. None of it's real. None of it matters. All that it exists to be at, all that it exists for in, in this news cycle, which will pass in less than a week, is it, it, it riles up either a few Republicans or, you know, gets a few Democrat voters to feel smug and be like, see what these guys are doing. They did the tax thing. We're trying to be responsible. I mean, I don't know about you, but this whole broken system, it really just riles me up. And I'm starting to get uh, just starting to get just so pissed off. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can keep functioning in this system. And good news. We finally we're going to finally end on some good news for you folks. It sounds like a lot of people are starting to think that way. Yes. We're starting to see early signs of an actual honest-to-goodness mass strike. Uh, we've seen John Deere. We've seen Kellogg. We've seen uh, – on ne- going to be on strike almost certainly. Uh, we've got nurses who have been on strike for months up in New York. We've got uh, you know p- teachers who have been off and on strikes uh, throughout. Uh, Frito-Lay. Yeah, Frito-Lay. This is more union action than we've seen in a very long time, and I think that honestly – this this is the most positive shit you can see. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the workforce. The workforce is currently, I think, 2.6 million people down since last year. Yeah, we've so. only killed a million of them, so there's 1.6. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not quite. We're only at 750,000, Kyle. Thank so you very say, much. Biden, Biden has done an amazing job containing everything, and no one else has died ever since he took office. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to say that <laughs> it's probably closer to a million people are dead. It probably, and, honestly, uh, yeah, because there's, there's 10 – well, there are 10 million – unreported or there are 10 million cases that were reported and that have no follow-up to them yeah so it's like yeah. oh there's this person at covid and, and imagine how many fine. of those They're people fine. who might have caught it and maybe never reported it or died alone or died in a hospital bed or were you know put in yeah, just don't, who don't were undocumented people who don't even market yeah are existing in like a migratory uh labor system like they wouldn't they wouldn't be counted but yeah, like I said, though, the good news is people are finally starting to get fed up with all the shit we've been shoveling. And uh, it looks like uh, I mean, going I, up, man, and wages are stagnant as fuck. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to get my hopes too high up yet because who knows how this I mean, they, we, I, we, I wouldn't say we're at even we're not quite I wouldn't even say we're close to critical mass yet, but we're the closest to critical mass we've been since basically uh, the 1940s and 30s. It's been a long time and it's going to be I can't say that I'm. I, you know, I'm managing expectations here, but I would really, really like it if you all, you know, if we all went out and actually supported each other through this and, you know, contributed to these strikes and contributed to these people, these other, our fellow workers making a, I mean, I making get, a difference. I mean, I get that if you literally don't have the funds to strike, like a week off of work would bankrupt you. I get it. It's not, it's not so easy for everyone. No. But yeah. if, in addition to supporting you and your loved ones, you still have a little money left over, kick something to their strike funds. All these strikes have – all these different strikes we mentioned, and you can literally just Google current strikes and you'll mm-hmm. – I mean I use DuckDuckGo because fuck Google. But uh, you can literally find that information. What if, where, Who is striking right now? Who do you want to support? Which workers do you want to support the most? And just you know, kick a couple bucks to their strike fund. Let them keep – fighting the good fight uh if you have the money to spare absolutely but yeah like i said actually ending on some good news for a change uh fingers crossed that this just keeps exploding and that we see shutdowns of fast food speaking of which if any of you are complaining about your fast food taking longer go fuck yourself yeah seriously (laughs) fuck off
Yeah, just pe- how about you fucking go cook for yourself, or 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 don't, and just be patient. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my slaves who are working for fucking nine dollars an hour aren't getting me my Taco Bell fast enough. Where's my nacho box? I've been waiting here for four minutes. Yeah, if there's any problems with your food, no, there wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's just a good – right now, that's a good rule of thumb. If there's a problem with your fast food, no, there wasn't. Nope. But yeah, like right now, the best thing you can do uh, in addition to like supporting these people financially is more, even more so we recommend a good dose of love and solidarity. Love and solidarity, y'all. Love and solidarity, y'all.